0: Welcome to the Limitless Career Podcast, the show where you hear the how, why and what it takes to build an ambitious and fulfilling career that stands out. Around here we believe that ambition isn't a dirty word and each episode will show you exactly what I mean. I'm your host, Jazz Broughton, certified career coach on a mission to empower you to embrace ambition, create your own rules, and create a career and life you never thought possible. I do this work and more with a dose of reality, curiosity, challenge, and intention to enable you to show up and go get the growth your ambitious career deserves. Today, I'm going to dive into another one of those lessons learned episodes, one of those episodes where I just talk from the heart and share a few things that I'm really learning, unlearning, seeing in my work with my clients, seeing in my own career, seeing in my own life with the hopes that there's something within this today that you can take away, that you can reflect on, that you can apply, that you can really challenge yourself around so that you can really keep moving towards that limitless career ultimately and there's four things that I want to share with you and these are things that I really experienced and lived out during kind of the break between season one and season two of the podcast and that is essentially spanning from the summer until the point where I am right now recording with you in November At the time of recording, I've made some key decisions in terms of how I work with people and I'll be sharing more of that as the weeks go by. But ultimately, I've decided to close the career clubhouse community um, and really will continue to move forward with working with clients one to one with career coaching packages and then also releasing the career playbook program. Um, And amongst this, there's a few other things that will will pop up that naturally you have to stay tuned for, Um, but really understanding and questioning kind of the journey that I've been on and to what ends, you know, so often we can go through things and it's great to move through it, come out the other side, but it's really, really powerful to stop and go, okay, what was, what was all that for, right? Why did I take that path? And how can I use this or share this or really just draw from this in a way that can be fruitful going forward and and fruitful is a key word in the sense that fruitful both for me but anyone listening to me share honestly today so like I said more information on that stuff coming soon of course the show notes is always going to have ways for you to find out about working with me so check that out if you can't wait for the formal announcements but the the first thing in this four things the first thing that I really really um, saw in my own career is that self-doubt is expensive. So even the decision to close career clubhouse had been sort of brewing for a little while. Um, and what I'd realize is that a decision that would typically be quite instantaneous for for me, you know, even the inception of Career Clubhouse was quite an instinctive, intuitive thing. And then naturally, the planning took more time, but the decision didn't take long, right? And I think quite often we look at the whole thing as the decision, but ultimately, it is possible for you to make a decision quite quickly and then take your time in the execution, take your time in the pursuit of that decision. Or everything that sort of comes with it. Um, and ultimately, when it comes to self-doubt, that was something that I really experienced. You know, I knew that the decision didn't need to take months to make. And I knew that there was something there for me to learn. There was something for me to dig into. And for me, it was, it was a coaching session, right? I was working with one of my coaches and she really just challenged me around this. And it made me realise how much I was stuck in the shoulds and although everything that I do is around the people in the midst of my angst around this decision I'd forgotten the people who I thought of first and foremost when I created Career Clubhouse I'd forgotten to take a moment and think okay how can this journey how can this step how can this change how can this decision really benefit them right because it's so easy when you're making a decision to get tunnel vision and you think about what feel good what feels good for you and what um. I don't know like what people will say or oh my gosh what it will look like you know all of these things that are everything apart from the main thing that actually genuinely matters at your core and it's so easy to get stuck in the shoulds the woulds, the coulds of a situation rather than really just facing up to what it is that you're fearful of or getting distracted by and pushing forward with that decision ultimately that same self-doubt had me frozen at times where I should have been active. I should have been having conversations. I should have been pursuing. I should have been thinking outside of the box. And it's really, really important for us to recognize when it comes to this place of self-doubt. And, you know, even when we get into the space of prolonged self-doubt, that's when we start to enter imposter syndrome territory and things like that. These things are just really coming up to rob us of what we have ahead of us in our career or to, robust in the sense that it's delayed, right? Problems often have solutions, but you have to decide to seek out those solutions. It's so much easier to sit down and go, oh my gosh, I'm stuck, right? Even in this moment for me, it would have been so easy for me to say, well, Clearly, I'm just indecisive, right? But I refuse to accept that as a label for myself. I refuse to accept that as a limiting belief in my life and in my career. So I knew I had to seek out the solution. I knew I had to bring it into a coaching space. I knew I had to give myself the space and the time. I knew I had to be um, candid with myself just as I would with any clients to say, what is going on? Why is this decision taking months? And why are you allowing it? Why are you allowing it to take months? Because there's quite a difference between each month you sit down and you set your goals and you set your targets and you're rewriting the same goal for September that you did for August, right? But when we're sitting down in October, we we, we need to be very real. When you're about to lift that pen to paper or open up that blank document and write out August goal. We're going to call it August goal because that's what it was. That was the season where it should have been handled. That was the season where you decided to handle it. We need to look in the mirror and ask ourselves some tough questions. What is going on here, right? Because you wouldn't have set it as a monthly goal if you truly believed that it needed a quarter, if you truly believed that it needed a year. So you need to ask yourself what's going on there and is there an element of comfort is there an element of keeping still is there an element of being stationary that you need to challenge in order to move forward here Um, and again like I said it's getting comfortable with the discomfort and I like to do that in coaching sessions if I'm honest so that was the first thing just realizing that self-doubt is just here to just steal and rob right? Self-doubt can also be expensive, right? And you can decide whether that means monetary or whether that actually means in terms of your time. For me, I saw it as my time. I'm sitting here in November and I know and I believe that things happen for a reason. So again, I'm learning the lessons here. There's no such thing as an L. This is not a loss per se. But what this means is that now I have this clear vision, I must now use every moment going forward to really enact that because of the months that I've been frozen, because of the time that I was frozen. And my role in that is to really balance out the genuine urgency versus the regretful urgency. Right? The genuine urgency. Some of you are listening to this episode and um, you've been wanting to find a new role for a while now. And something happened, something clicked, something fell into place and you were just like, now's the time. And you find yourself applying for jobs that are out of the regretful urgency rather than the genuine urgency. You find yourself saying yes to interviews or quote unquote opportunities, right? Because that's how they're presented. Opportunities. And you approach them with an urgency that says, well, I can't say no to this because I should have been applying for jobs months ago. The job market's going to disappear. Right. And this is just one example. And we can go deeper onto you know, mindset around looking for something new, around career change. It doesn't always look like a job hunt. Sometimes it looks like heck, last performance cycle, you should have asked for that promotion. Right. But you were uncertain at that time. You're now in a position where you're totally convinced of it. You now need to wait four months to ask. Right. Or not even ask, right? Because I think that that can be a really big limiting belief around pay rises and negotiation, or even if you're an entrepreneur around raising your prices that you have to wait for some special magical time to make your intentions known. That's not the case. Yes, you may need to wait for the change to take place if, you, if you're if you in an employed situation, right? Um, but there isn't. you lose nothing by having that honest conversation at a time that suits you. And then ask the question when is this a possibility what is the performance cycle when are the decisions made when does the board sit to review these things right And yes, you may wait in that sense, but again, it's not the end of the world. So we want to be mindful of those things. I know I went on a little bit of a tangent there, but I I think it was important to go there because in the conversations that I've been having with people, it's something that I want people to know, right? We keep waiting for this magical, perfect time and building it up. In the meantime, others are having those conversations and jumping the queue. Or not even jumping the queue, right? Because when we do this, we're not even stepping into the queue. They are taking their place in the queue while we're staring, we're just watching right? We're waiting for somebody to invite us to the queue. Which queue have you ever joined where somebody's invited you? Please, please. So that's the first thing. Self-doubt is expensive, right? The second thing is to be curious, right? Be curious about the possibilities. I think one of the things that I've really been working into, especially as within my full-time role, I, I changed position, So I'm now the community manager and that's since May. And really what I've been learning is that it's so important to ask the question. Ask the question around how things are done. Ask the question of yourself on how best do you work? What do you need to succeed? What do you you see as a strategic aim right and this can lead you to having so many productive conversations about folks that you work with clients users that you serve customers that you work with right if you approach it with curiosity you never know what you can find so many projects have been all the more successful because I approached it with curiosity So many things within my business have become much better, much more streamlined, uh, much more strong in terms of the value and impactful because I was curious about the possibilities. I'll even use the example of me choosing to close Career Clubhouse. I sat there and I thought of every person within the program already and asked myself, can I serve them in a more potent way inside Career Playbook? The answer was yes. I looked at my one-to-one coaching, right? And this was something that I was challenged by a coach that I worked with, you know? And I was just talking her through how I work with folks. And she said, three months, why why do you choose to talk two weeks um, every two weeks over three months? And I just said, do you know what? I'm gonna be honest, I don't know. I feel like that was the format that I've worked in. Those are the containers that I was trained into. Those were the containers that I've worked with other coaches in. Um, you know, she asked why. You know, and again, this is not. This wasn't her being facetious or anything like that. It was genuinely to say, look, if you're if you're delivering a program, you want to be intentional about everything. And in that sense, she's always spoken my language, right? And I realised, you know what? When I think about the clients that I've served most recently, we've shuffled those sessions. We 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 have reformatted the whole program to suit their needs and that brought me so much joy as a coach as a service provider right in that sense as somebody who's really facilitating a transformation but that also meant that the value that they unlocked in each of those sessions was so much better So again, being curious about the possibilities led me to saying yes, where, you know, a strict, structured, tunnel vision, linear position would be, no, I'm going to keep on doing it this way because I've always done it this way. That is not a route to innovation, right? And innovation is something that's dear to my heart, both within my own business, but within my role. It's always about seeking those possibilities. And to close the loop on the the one-to-one coaching example, it's meant that one of the curiosities, one of the possibilities that I'm unlocking with curiosity, should I say, is that the program will now be six months, right? And I will put the power in the client's hands in the same way that I do in the coaching conversation to decide when they want to have those six sessions, right? Right? And they can decide, then that means that they have one session a week for a month and then they spread out the other two it's completely up to them it's really about every inch of the process reminding them that they are in control they have agency they are the experts on them and also that I acknowledge that life is not that cookie cutter every fortnight for an hour situation it's just not on either sides especially where I work with ambitious folks right So when you're ambitious, you're putting one step in front of the other, you're taking action. That means that your weeks could intensify at the drop of a hat. To have the coaching space to go into can be a game changer rather than saying, oh, wow, I had a session last week, so I can't book one this week. Right? Because as much as coaching is about the long-term transformation, that transformation deepens when you're able to really access the coaching space in those break glass moments in those moments before or after a big conversation a big decision right in those conversations before or after a big triggering moment right around a a moment that challenges your very values right your own impact within your career your own definition of what limitless is when it is hazy it is foggy right to be able to pull that And have that agency to say, do you know what? Problems have solutions and I have one. I'm part of a coaching program that works for me. Let me break the glass and call this session in. So that's just one of many examples where I've really just been applying that and seeing that throughout the different areas of my career. And then the other thing that's coming up, right? And the other thing, and this is something that I talk to clients about all the time, I work with clients on it all the time, which is about leaning into your superpowers. And one of the things that I love doing and I always ask my clients to do is to complete the uh, finder profile because there's so much that we have yet to find out about ourselves. And my whole ethos is that self-awareness is powerful. Once you know who you are, right? If you know what's going on on the inside of you, what happens on the outside in terms of this career, your life in this world, it will be easier to navigate because you'll navigate from the inside out rather than the outside in. So the inside out means going, what can I bring to the situation rather than what is this situation doing to me, right? It's a power, it's a power reframe there. So when it comes to leaning into your superpowers, that, that looks like, you know, looking at my strengths profile, really, I even did a human design, Um, profile this year as well, because I just, I just wanted perspectives, right? This isn't about me seeking um, definition or um, my own identity in any of these tools. These tools are just tools. They are just to bring another perspective. And just like I can disagree with your perspective, I can disagree with any of these tools, any of the reports that they provide, right? But more often than not, What I find is that they are a great reminder of me to lean into my superpowers. Um, My Clifton Strengths, the top five, are on a poster on my screen to remind me of how I can be most impactful, to remind me of how I can deliver the most value, to remind me of the guiding lights when it comes to making those big decisions, right? And ways of being that come naturally to me, right? And what I realise is that anytime I start to feel weird for being a certain way, I'm able to then reframe it, right? I'm able to bring myself back to those superpowers, those talents to those things that I'm great at not just good at and really ask myself if any disconnect that I'm feeling is due to me not being able to bring them to the party not being able to bring them to the table because there's something that it does to you inherently whether that's your motivation your sense of connection your sense of mission vision drive um, both within your own business. You can detach from your own business, people. Don't ever get it twisted. This is not just something that people who are employed feel, you know, I'm disconnected from the vision of the company. You can create a company with a vision you don't connect to, right? But one thing that's really important is for you to put those front of mind and the more time that you're able to play and I like to use the word play if you're if you're allowed to play in your strengths you will always found find fulfillment and more often than not when you are feeling unfulfilled in your career you can ask yourself the question when was the last time that I used a strength when was the last time that I got to do work that I'm gifted and talented in you can often find the you can you can find that moment you can pinpoint it Right. This is why for so many people, a change in their team leader or their manager can really change how they feel about their job. Because a change in that management style can start to stifle those strengths. Right. When you're being micromanaged, there's no space for you to play in strengths. There's no space for play. Right. It's constant supervision. It's an overbearing and overwhelming control that's being exerted on you. And nobody can play when you're being controlled, right? You don't feel safe to play when you're being controlled. You do not feel that safety that is required, right, to play and there, therefore move on to innovate. So this is important to really realise. And the more time that you spend feeling weird or out of sync with those superpowers is the less time that you're going to spend creating that limitless career that I love to talk about. That's less time that you spend changing your organization or culture for the better, changing the world for the better, changing your communities for the better, delivering an impactful solution, a memorable event or experience, whatever your career may look like and the impact of your career on the world, you spend less time doing that. you turn down the volume on that. One of the metaphors that I love to use to describe this is that the more time right i'm and I, i'm a I'm a big fan. Of like the Marvel films and Disney. And so if you are new to this podcast, I'm going to let you know that from the beginning. I I love a good metaphor from from pop culture in that sense. But the, the more time that Clark Kent spent as Clark Kent naturally means that's less time he's spending as Superman. Right? Clark Kent, Superman, same person, but different. And arguably, Superman is exerting more impacts, right, than Clark Kent. Doesn't mean that we don't like Clark Kent, but mm, Superman's where the potential's at. Superman's where the strengths are at, the superpowers are at, the impact, the reach, right? Superman is limitless. Clark Kent has those limits. So the more time that you Clark Kent yourself... The less time that you're able to really step into those superpowers. And the last thing that was really, really coming up for me, um, and something that I want to be more intentional about because I think it's been socialized into us, right? <laughs> An apology isn't necessary. Okay. most times an apology isn't necessary. Bold and bashful rarely go together. And in the work around embracing ambition, what I find a lot of the time is we can embrace it in one sentence. sentence, And then the next sentence, we are apologizing. We are bashful. We are stepping away from a full on brag to a humble brag. Right. We are being Um, Or I guess inviting a level of shame or smallness into how we go about our careers. And I want to encourage you with this is that bold and bashful rarely go together. Okay? They rarely go together. If I've just met you, right, and you switch from being bold and bashful within one sentence, I'm ooh, ooh. I don't know what's going on there. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being a work in progress, but I want you to watch it. If you are a team lead, if you are a CEO, you're an entrepreneur, and one minute you're playing, you know, you're playing big, you're stepping into the bold vision, you're communicating from that place. And the next minute you're apologizing for the goals. You're adjusting those targets down, right? You're short selling yourself. It's not going to go unnoticed, and it's not going to leave the impression, it's not going to leave the breadcrumbs that you want it to leave. So I want you to be mindful of that. Be wary of fake apologies or apologies that are pla- uh, that are just simply there in place of you getting comfortable in the discomfort, right? It would be too uncomfortable to say something in the way that you really want to say it, so you say it apologetically. I don't want that for you. I want your yeses to be your yeses, your noes to be your noes, and your, bear with me, I need to think about it. Hello, because sometimes that is a valid response and we forget. Bear with me, I need to think about it to be exactly that own your stuff and really be mindful of undermining your own decisions because for many of us especially if you identify as underrepresented in any way shape or form you're already fighting a battle to get your decisions and your approach your ideas your strategies your genius respected in the first instance right you are defending yourself from the the undermining of others you don't want to do that yourself Right. And this is always it's going to be a work in progress, because like I said, more often it's a learned behavior We're socialized into it. Even me recently, somebody reached out to um, work with me. They wanted me to join their coaching program and, and they wanted me to be a part of it. We had a relationship beforehand. Right. Um, we'd had conversations but never worked together. Um, and old me would have said, I'm so sorry that I can't be a part of this. Instead, present day me just said, unfortunately, I won't be able to be a part of it, right? I looked at my language and I wanted them, them to know that I genuinely would love to be involved. And it is unfortunate that there's no budget for this because I would require payment for this level of work, right? I would require payment to be a part of the program in the way that you've illustrated. This is a requirement. This is, and this is us having a conversation, a boundaryed conversation about what those are right, and it doesn't mean that I am cold hearted in any way, shape, or form because I didn't apologize, but it's me being genuine. We can't say that we're we we are authentic, um, and I'm just apologizing. To to placate a situation? No, because for all I know, my choice of language could become a learning opportunity for that person to be able to say, actually, Jazz wasn't, she wasn't sorry, but she did say it was um, unfortunate. Maybe, maybe we could see about getting some funding. Maybe we could see about another way of formatting the programme or something like that. And naturally, I'm projecting because we haven't had these conversations. But because I said what I said and I meant what I meant, it put the ball back in their court in a respectable way, and in a way that lets them know, here are the reasons. Let me be transparent. Here's my decision. I'm owning my stuff. I'm owning my value. I'm owning my time. Again, if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know I work full-time as well as serving my clients. So I don't have a lot of it. You'll also know that there are various organisations that I choose to partner with as they sit with my values and I will work with them pro bono. But even that is boundaried, right? That is boundaried so that I can really use my skills and my talents to impact my community in ways that are meaningful, but do that honouring my clients, right? honoring my clients honoring the folks who I'm on a mission to serve honoring all of you listening to this podcast right I see you also as my clients I'm here to serve you right as a career coach so I have to honor those boundaries because the moment I don't let's just say it's a slippery slope so those were the core lessons right self-doubt is expensive it's important to just be curious Lean into those superpowers and just remember that most times an apology isn't necessary. And we want to be thoughtful, and we want to be authentic in our language, right? Our word, our communication. We want it to be congruent and we want to continue to grow in the boldness of stepping into that. So that's it for today. If any of this really resonated with you, I'd love to hear from you. Um, connect with me online. My email is open. Details are in the show notes. I'd love to also hear any of your lessons learned, right? By learning with and from each other in this journey called life and across our careers, there can be many parallels and similarities and in the same way that I've gone through this journey and have these lessons to share, I want to encourage you in that you are going through your own journey with your own lessons to share. And that may not always look like starting a podcast or writing a book or anything like that. It could just look as simple as a conversation. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Limitless Career Podcast, where you hear the how, why, and what it takes to build a career that stands out. If anything from today's episode has impacted you, I'd love to hear about it. So reach out on social media or by email. Don't forget to check the links in the show notes to find out how we can work together, get your hands on some juicy resources and join the mailing list for more fuel for your ambition. Until next time, take care.